All right, welcome back in to Sound the Horn podcast. We're excited to have all you all of you with us. This is the first one of 2023, bringing in the new year. I know you've been missing us. It's been a couple of weeks. We haven't you haven't listened to us since last year. It's been forever. It's been all the way since last year. Yeah, I had to add in a dad joke to get us started today. We're excited though. We've got um on the docket today a few things to talk about. We're going to be talking a little bit of NFL. We have the playoffs coming up. We've got also the Hall of Fame finalists for the NFL and the Hall of Fame ballot for Major League Baseball is out. We're going to nerd out a little bit there and, yeah, kind of see what's going on. But before we get started with that, the Sound the Horn Sports Fantasy Football League has wrapped up as we finished up the regular season. And we wanted to take a few minutes to recognize the champion of the fantasy football league. So Riley, I'm going to hand it over to you. If you want to introduce us to our guest here, who is joining us, our fantasy football expert that is on the call. Yeah. So we've got with us a good friend of mine. Uh, We, he, you know, drags me along to more stuff than I think he should, because I don't know that I'm worth it, but um, we, we have a lot of fun together. We golf, we play basketball, do a lot of fun stuff. He is a state assemblyman here in the good old state of Nevada represents, uh, Ben and I both in the state assembly. So I, we must refer to him as assemblyman Koenig cause he's, he's very official up in here, but we got Greg Koenig. Um, we've had Andrew Brown on the, on the show before it's his father-in-law, Greg Koenig, who's the champion of fantasy football. Greg, good to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Assemblyman Koenig, um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll just call you Greg from now on. So, Greg, thanks for coming. Um, I know, like, for you, so you were Nevada Silver and Black, obviously a Raiders fan. Was, did that influence your fantasy football draft or, like, your your team as you were putting it together? Yeah, my, my one whiff in the first six draft picks was Darren Waller at uh, tight end who missed, what, eight games, nine games? So... Yeah, the silver and black fandom didn't come through as far as that goes. But other than that, I think we did all right. Yeah, I think it really hurt you, you know, Darren Waller not not working out. I think he did okay from there. You know, what was what was your strategy? Like you you came out on top. The three of us we're, we're kind of losers. Like we are on the bottom half of the leagues. Clearly, we don't know anything. So, what would, what wisdom would you impart to us? What could we learn from you? Before we get into that, I think we need to have a rule in the league that there needs to be a little bit more smack talk. Hmm. I like put something in the chat one time, putting a little bit of smack talk. And I think I was the only one that did the whole, the whole season. So what fun's a fantasy league? You can't chirp a little bit and brag when you beat people. And that we'll, we'll have to do a little bit better on as far as our smack talk goes next year. You know, that, that's that's a good point. I it, think we need also better rewards and punishments for winners and losers. We're going to have to work on that as we in, get to next year. Hey, in my you defense, guys made fun of me when I would try to talk smack on the podcast and be like, oh, blah, blah, and then they'd make fun of me. So I well, tried. I tried to bring in, it. In my defense, I couldn't really talk much smack when I won five games all season. So <laughs> that was that was not a good smack talking situation. And in our defense against Ben. Ben was trying to act like he was the manager of these guys in their football games out here, not like a fantasy football manager. So, yeah, I, I think uh, punishments for the loser losers uh, would probably motivate more than prizes for the winners. 
for sure for sure team i'm just saying i mean we should have stipulated this earlier but there is a clear loser in this league yeah 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 so so what was your strategy then how did how did you approach it so i always i always like to go two running backs first followed by two receivers and then go from there um hit a couple home runs with my first picks i got Ecolor from San Diego and I got Barkley from the Giants and and Barkley was crazy at the first of the year kind of tapered off a little bit but but I think I won I don't know maybe my first 10 matches 10 and and those two just totally carried me I think another big thing and this is uh, there's a little bit of skill there but a lot of it was luck because I got I got Jalen Hurts in the sixth round pick number 70 and it's probably going to be MVP this year. And uh, just, I think, top quarterback for sure. And to get to get the best quarterback in, in round six, that there's a bit of luck involved. But I think my two top-end running backs and then Jalen Hurts, you know, kind of carried me and everyone else pitched in when I needed them, and it, it all worked out. Um, do got to say there was a bit of luck involved, and I – I benefited from a tragedy, but my opponent in the finals had Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. And when that game wow. got canceled and not made up, that was pretty much sealed the deal right there. If those two would have played, it would have been razor thin. It could have gone either way. But with, with those two, you know, you, you take out your, your best quarterback and your best receiver and they don't get a play for a week that, and that's the finals. <laughs> that's a pretty rough way to, to lose it, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah. My buddy, Derek, I know he was a little, he went high on quarterback. Like he went Josh Allen really early and I think yeah, it really it worked really, out really for really him. He yeah. It seemed to work out for him, but yeah, just bad luck there. You know, you kind of mentioned a couple fortuitous moments, but cause I think half of fantasy football is luck, right? Like you just, you yeah. never know. Like it's, it's a, you just kind of have to luck into a few things. You, you have that there in the final with the bills game. And then you also had um, that Jalen hurts, like outside of those, like, what do you feel like was the luckiest move this year? Um, well, and then Jalen hurts was hurt for the last four weeks. So you're riding high and you're all excited. And then all of a sudden you lose your quarterback. I ended up picking up, 49ers is it, is it purdy or what yeah brock purdy brock purdy yeah. I brock purdy and uh, he got me over 20 points the last couple games so the worst thing is my first round of playoffs i went with zach wilson who got me 0.1 points for the, for the week <laughs> so that was the worst move i made all year that could have sunk me but i was able to pull it out anyways and so then i switched over to Purdy to be my backup for Jalen Hurts and Purdy kind of carried me to the championship. So I think that was probably one of my luckiest and better moves was trading out Zach Wilson for John Purdy. <laughs> it's what you get for putting a BYU player in there, huh? Uh, you know, you know <laughs> ESPN said that he was projected to score the most that week. So I went with it and did not work out so well. Uh, my, my team name, you know, it was, 
the Zach Wilson Cougars, you know. Um, <laughs> and even then, like I was not willing to stick with Zach Wilson, you know. Like so, more power to you for for trying it out. Yeah. Um, I would no. uh, fantasy football wise, I would like to make a comment though that of the three hosts, there is one who finished the highest, and that would be my my me with five wins on the season. By the way, hey. so highest before finish. Before we get into this. Because you did get also a little bit of luck by having that game canceled. Just a tad. So <laughs> by having that game canceled, that hurt me. And had it definitely affected the uh, battle for seventh place. It, but it, it's all good. Is that sad, though, that of us, the, the top finisher was seventh place? Seventh out of battle for seventh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't even make the top half. Big battle. So as far as Smack Talk goes, Michael Perazzo, the milkman, would smack talk a little bit on Facebook every now and then. So he, uh, my, my biggest joy, my biggest victories was, was beating Michael in the playoffs. Cause he was, he was thinking the, the milkman was going to come through. That's Michael. You just got called out, man. It's next year. There was better. definitely three of you guys that were more dominant than the rest of us. I mean, I finished, you know, the regular season in fifth and eight at eight and six, but, uh, you know, I was, you know, the three of you guys were right at the top the whole season. So I'll and just say it took Derek me and Michael, it took me a while to get a win. And when I did, it was by less than a point, you know, which, <laughs> which I, I'll take. Um, but I, I had a strong second half of the season, but so if we were to, if, so if we're going to reprise this for next season, right. And bring it back, let's brainstorm here just a little bit the best punishment for the the bottom team. Now I've heard a couple of good ones. I'm going to throw out a couple here was following um, on Twitter, Matthew Barry, some of the ones that they had seen. So one was they had to find a crowded place and play the recorder until they got $20 in tips, which I thought was, was a pretty good punishment. <laughs> the other um, you have to spend uh, 24 hours in a, in an IHOP or a waffle house, but you get to take an hour <laughs> off of it for every waffle that you eat. Right. So like, um, like depends on like how, how uh, much you're willing I'd to, pound, to, I'd to, pound to get out. 25 waffles. If I had to yeah. take the hour off. But like, yeah, what any any like great punishments that you all have heard of that we'd want to build in for next season? I don't know. I, I think we could spend a little time and come up with something that would work. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to brainstorm that. Maybe like some sort of like t-shirt or something that you have to wear. This is like a suck at fantasy football, you know, and you have to wear it for like a, to and work. And you have to post for it on a Facebook. week or something. Yeah, post it on Facebook, something. Post it on the on the sound the horn website uh facebook page yeah we'll have to get something going riley we need to make a a trophy though you know yeah, we, need, something. we need a traveling trophy like we have for our march madness in the family i'll have to i'll have to work on that next season we'll have one and we'll we'll make sure to put greg's name on it as the original winner so Sweet. you know we we could call it the the commemorative Greg Koenig fantasy football trophy, you know, something like that. I think it should be a championship belt, to be honest. You know, you can like, you can rock on the podcast, come on with your belt on like your <laughs> WWE you me, style. You give me a trophy and I'll I'll present it in my office in Carson City. There we go. All, we go. all the people that come and want something from me, I'll make them make them kiss it or something. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Hey, well, Greg, thanks for coming on. Before you leave, one last question for you, though. Um, this is a fan podcast. And so just as a as a sports fan in general, what's your favorite like fan moment like that, that sticks out to you in your life? Like favorite sports fan moment that just has always stuck with you? Um, so, uh, you know, I was kind of romanticized when you were a kid. I, so I've been, a, I'm a Giants fan is my, the Giants are my favorite team over any sport of anything. We won't hold uh, it against you, Greg. It's okay. I was, yeah, I know Dodgers are, yeah, whatever. It, yeah. But anyways, if we talk world series rings, we, we can hang with you. If we talk how much money we spend, we can't. So, uh, anyway, those, so, those dang physicals, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you guys will get to that one. You go from 350, 315 to 200 million. That's a pretty big <laughs> drop in your contract there. Whoa, anyway, whoa, whoa. so I'm I'm a kid in uh, Candlestick Park, and Jeffrey Leonard. I don't know. He's called him the Hack Man at the time. He was he was my favorite player, and. Uh, they're actually playing the Padres. It would, would have been a better story if they were t- playing the Dodgers, but they were playing the Padres. I'm we're sitting out in right in on left field and right up against the fence. And Padres have a two outs a run, or one out a runner on third base. And I don't remember who was batting for the Padres, but he hits a deep fly that Jeffrey Leonard climbs the fence, catches it turns and throws a strike and gets the guy trying to tag up from third at the plate. So it's a double play where he climbs the fence, guns him down at the plate. And that was just the best play I've ever seen. It's always fun when you can see, we like be there and see it live too. Like there's so much more to it and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Being able to see that. Well, thanks. I know you've had a busy day. We appreciate you taking some time to, Hang out with if us. You, if you guys. see my son at the at the legislature, say hi. He's actually interning for University of Nevada at the legislature this semester. He got. Do you know who he's interning for? What I what do is... not know yet. I don't think he yeah. knew yet as of recently. I'll send him so. my way. I'll take him out to lunch. All right. Yeah. Perfect. We need to do a a, a pre a pre draft podcast next time to talk about our draft strategies. Yeah, we'll we'll set that up. Okay. Before, All right. Plan on it. Plan on it. Absolutely. Good luck, man. All right. Thanks hey, for, thanks for joining. Thanks for appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Greg. All right. Uh, bye. Bye. Yeah, that was fun. Appreciate having Greg on and being able to share with him. You know, we do need a little bit more smack talk, right? Like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to add some of that in for the league for this next year. We'll, we'll have and to beef that up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll have to do some awards coming out of the end of it too, you know, like so that everybody gets a little participation trophy here, you know, like worst best name draft. for the league, worst draft. Best yeah, name. you know, like we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, Least we'll amount of participation yeah. most, or most improved or more or like, bi-week guys played, you know. Yeah. Most bi-week guys played, you know. <laughs> bi-week guys played. Yeah. Call people out for not I think that'd be Jackson probably would have won that one. Oh, yeah, you know, there's there's a couple that could have that could have won that one. Yeah. Um that was a lot of fun, but just as we've closed out the NFL season, it, it ended a little bit interesting. I'm kind of glad that the, the Bengals and the bills, like they're just like, you know what, let's just not play this game. Like at this point, they didn't really need to do it. I know it sucks for 
all the fantasy owners that had Bills players and Bengals players. I know Joe Burrow was probably going to give you a little bit of my play there, Ben. So sorry about that. But when you're looking at this season overall, though, what was the for you the biggest surprise of the NFL season? I think it has to be about how good the Eagles were. You know, I mean, I knew they had some talent on that team, but you know, they they look like they are far and away the the favorites in the NFC right now. I don't, you know, maybe the Niners are right there with them, but I think that you have to say that the Eagles are the favorites, and I just didn't see that coming into the season. I don't. I think that's got to be the biggest surprise for me. Uh, if I had to say biggest surprise, I mean it's. I did not see Green Bay being that disappointing. Like that, that just blew me away as all season. I kept thinking they're going to pull it out. They're still Green Bay. They're going to pull it out. Like Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, but just kept being disappointing all season. And this, I've, I mean, to have finished as low as they did and not make the playoffs. And I mean, my preseason predictions are awful as far as that goes. I, I'm pretty sure I had them going to the Super Bowl. So that's obviously going to have to be my biggest surprise. Okay, you can read our agenda. Like it clearly says biggest surprise and then the next thing biggest disappointment. And you're like, my biggest surprise is how He's disappointed disappointment. I was. In like, the I, was well, I wasn't going to say like, anything, but like, so now I don't know. You, you can see this, right? Like it's right yeah. there. I mean, it's, it's a two for one, right? I, I'm disappointed. <laughs> and so I'm he gets skipped on disappointment. I'm so right, disappointed. Like, yeah, it's a, a two for. <laughs> All right, copy that. I mean, I've got to stick with my in-state team here as the biggest surprise. Did anybody think that the Seahawks were going to do anything this year and that Geno Smith would set a franchise record for passing yards in a season? I mean, he's Zach Wilson could be the next Geno Smith, right? Like, just just give him five years and maybe he'll be a decent quarterback and recover from the Jets. Just as long as so, you get away from the Jets. Yeah, just got just to <laughs> leave, you know? Get out of there. Um, man, but, like, I think, you know... The Seahawks were a big surprise. Um, the Jaguars were were a good surprise, a pleasant surprise this year. Although we expected them to take a step up, I would expect with Trevor Lawrence, and you know, I think it couldn't be. I a was going to say someone on this podcast picked them to make the playoffs, but um, and it wasn't either of you two. So the the other the other one that I just have to shout out, no no player from BYU history has had a thousand yards rushing in an NFL season. And we got two this year, Jamal Williams setting the franchise record, breaking Barry Sanders record for touchdowns in the season for the Detroit lions. And then Tyler Algier over breaking the rookie record for the Atlanta Falcons with over a thousand yards rushing at BYU is now a running back university. How about that? Yeah. So that was pretty Pretty exciting for me. That got a got a shout out. A couple of my cubes there, even though Zach Wilson sucked this year. Oh, so <laughs> biggest disappointment, not Zach Wilson. Riley, you don't get to talk because you already used yours. But I'm just kidding. You can you can share if you had a a disappointment too. You wanted to share besides the Packers. I I do have another disappointment. The Las Vegas Raiders, like disappointing for Nevada. It was bad just really bad all year and for essentially a team that was very similar to last year. Now, as I look back, the Raiders probably weren't as good as the many, as many games as they won last year. 
So maybe it shouldn't have been that surprising, but I mean, I, I expected them to have a chance. They are in a tough division, but I expected them to do a little better than what they did. So the Raiders had a lot of leads and blew a lot of leads. I mean, we can go back through a lot of those games and blew a lot of leads and found new ways to lose until they played my beloved Patriots. And then the Patriots found the most ridiculously <laughs> entertaining, dumbest, stupidest way to lose a football game in the history of the NFL. So we'll, we'll I was going to say they, they found a way to beat the Patriots though. Now, so well, I was going to bring it up. Don't just leave it alone. I didn't want to, but I did anyways, moving on. My biggest disappointment has to be your uh, defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, I know they were hampered by some injuries and different things, but it was down from the beginning of the year when they got smoked by the Buffalo bills and opening night. And it just, it never stopped from there. Like, You know, I don't, it was just like, they were never a factor after about week four. And uh, it's got to be a big disappointment coming off of the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think both of those are pretty solid. I also think like, how about danger Russ and his danger, which like going to Detroit, anything but dangerous. Oh. (laughs) Oh man. The great thing is Seattle has their, has the Broncos first round pick. Broncos you know, country. Let's ride. You know, we have you know, to. Oh, that dumb commercial is Broncos country. Let's ride. And then we, this is what happens. Let's ride. We do have to thank Russ for giving us a whole slew of new memes to work with this year, though. Like, I mean, he was the face of many a meme in this football season. He did finally throw more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his house. You know, that was a big thing most of the year, and it didn't happen until week 17. But he finally got more touchdown passes than bathrooms in his house. So let's back up off Russ for a minute, huh? And I think it was Danny who said that he was excited about how great Russ was going to be this year for Denver. You know, I, I got Trevor Lawrence right, but I I, I was you can't get them all right. Off. Okay, you can't. slightly off on. Can't always bet a thousand, you know. Yeah, you know, and Zach Wilson might have might have been a, a whiff there as well, but. That was um, as we're looking at the playoffs, though, there, you know, so I think all of our Super Bowl picks are still in the playoffs. Ben, you went with out of the AFC, you had the Chargers coming out, right? I can't remember who you had, but did you pick Green Bay from the NFC? No, I think that Riley I did. That was me. I'm pr- fairly certain I picked the Rams. You picked the Rams? I'm, f- yeah, I can't remember 100%. I may have picked the Niners, but I can't remember. We'll have to go back and look. See, I picked the Niners and the Ravens, and I picked the Ravens to win it. The Ravens are still in it, but they're not going to win it because I don't. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's healthy. I don't know what's happening there. That's 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 weird. Um, but I, the Chargers could be dangerous in the playoffs. They're still a really good team. It just seems like they just can't quite put it all together, right? But I mean, what are you thinking as you're looking at the playoff field right now? It seems like the AFC stacked, right? Like the AFC is just loaded. Right now, yes, the AFC's definitely got to be the better team, but well, the better conference, excuse me. Like, there's, I mean, if you think you got to go through the Chargers, Kansas City, Buffalo, even Miami, Cincinnati, like lots of good teams over there, yeah. But Miami doesn't have Tua, so I think like Buffalo's gonna demolish Buff- them, right? Hopefully, Tua I've got retire. Buffalo going to the Super Bowl, so I need Buffalo to, yeah. But I mean, if Tua's like almost dead, they'll still send him out there and let him play football. Oh, Tua's yeah. ruled out. He's not playing. 
they already he, ruled him out. He just needs to retire. That's a yeah, sad thing. Like saying. I'm scared for that guy. Yeah. 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 Do you so you got Buffalo coming out of the AFC, Riley? I had Buffalo and Green Bay in the Super Bowl. So my only chance of having anything right is Buffalo going. Are so. you do you still think Buffalo's gonna take it? I, I still think Buffalo Buffalo can do it. And I think this is the year they do it. I don't know. I I, I feel like I think the Bengals are going to make it again. Like there's just something about Joe Burrow. Like that guy is just, he's, he's got he's something. A yeah. I think there's like leadership skills too. Like something like he's able to just galvanize the whole team and they just make something out of nothing. I don't know. I kind of feel like the, the Bengals are going to come out of the AFC. I think the Bengals, if I had to repick, I'm, uh, it probably would be, I think honestly, Bengals Niners. I, I don't know that. I was talking up Philly earlier, but I think that if I had to pick, it'd probably be Bengals Niners right now. I don't know if I trust Brock Purdy enough, though, in the playoffs. Like, yeah, but that defense, man, that is a good defense. That defense, and they have tons of weapons around him with with McCaffrey, and you've got Debo Samuel and Kittle and Ayuk. Like, there's lots of guys to, to go with. Yeah. Did you even mention McCaffrey? Did you say McCaffrey? Yeah, yeah I said McCaffrey. Oh, okay. He was the first. Like, he was the first guy the first I said. He should be, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The Niners, I, I, the Eagles, I think are going to be tough. I, do the Do the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers or the Cowboys one and done? It is Tom Brady, but I think that the Cowboys that that Bucks team, it, you know. That backdoored into the playoffs. Like, let's yeah. be honest. You know, they win the NFC South. And yeah, they even had a week off to after doing it, but eight and nine win in the NFC South. Like, come on. I love Tom Brady. Give me some touchdown, Tommy, but like, man, that is not a decent team. Does does he end up with the Raiders? There's a high possibility right now. I think that I think that if I had to put money down. I would say either him or Aaron Rodgers ends up wearing silver and black next year. I almost feel like Rodgers would fit better with the Titans, though. I don't. I don't know if he. It just seems like destiny that Brady would go there with. Um, oh, what's his name? The coach over there, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yes. McDaniels. You know, like it just. It just seems like a like it would fit. I, but, I understand that, and I could see it happening. Don't get me wrong. I think one of the two of them goes there. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Who do you, who do you have winning it at all, Riley? You're you're sticking with the with the Bills. Standing, standing by the Bills. I made the pick early. I got to stand by it. I might change my answer from Cincinnati and go with KC. I think that KC is going to be tough and good, and uh, it's hard to win at Arrowhead. So, magic of Arrowhead. You have you have, you have Mahomes Mahomes magic winning it all. Magic of Arrowhead and Mahomes. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bengals. I think I think Joe Burrow, Burra, Joe Burra takes Burrow. them over the top and gets them gets them going. So it'll be interesting interesting to see what happens. And hopefully the playoffs are a little bit more interesting than the national championship game. I was hoping that we talk a little bit about that, but there's nothing to talk about. Like George is just yeah, can we not good. talk about it? Uh, <laughs> You know, I I think Kirk Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler were wishing they didn't have to talk about that game either because the right. second half they, <laughs> they were trying to find something to talk about. 
I mean, I don't even know. Like, reminds me of you guys are well, Danny's probably old enough, but it reminds me of that Nebraska championship they won in like 95, I think. Like, yeah, Tommy, Tommy Frazier, and it was like 63 to something, 21 over Florida and Steve Spurrier, Florida team. Like, it was kind of like that. It just was like at some point, you're just like, okay, put them out of their misery and let's get this game over with. But how about those semifinal games? Those were good. We had some great semifinals, and Can historically, I- it's kind of been the opposite, right? Over in the history of the college football playoff, the semifinals have not been very great games, and the championship games, we've had some very epic championship games at the college football level in the playoffs um, since this playoff system. So this year, we just kind of reversed it. Can I, can I say, I was very, very sour on New Year's Eve. We had a big snowstorm come through here. My internet cut out at 1.30 in the afternoon at the start of the Michigan game, and I missed the entire thing. I only got to watch the last three quarters of the Ohio um, State-Georgia game because I went to a friend's house for New Year's Eve party, and theirs was working so they they could watch. I did not get to watch any of the Michigan Madness. Like I didn't get to see TCU's triumph. I didn't get to see any of that game. I I was so mad. Yeah. When you live in suck. I don't know. When you live like, in Nevada and it you. snows and they don't know how to do anything when it snows, like the world shuts down, it's it's just bad. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like your internet blew it almost as bad as that Ohio State kicker, you know. So dude, that kicker and it was like was right at midnight close. Like literally, like, I think the greatest part is is like he kicks it right as the ball drops and then it goes. Wee! So that's like how <laughs> the, the, the ball dropped. The ball dropped the ball, for sure. That ball that's how spiked, his year. Man. That's how his year started. Good for him. <laughs> oh, poor, poor kid. I felt so bad for him. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, you, like you could tell. Like I think he just tried to overkick it. You know, like he. And just, yeah. It was a long kick. Like it was a long was, kick. He was having to put some oomph into it to get yeah. there, and he just. I'm, that's what happens when you have I'm to not, do that. Your foot comes through faster, and you miss left. Like I'm not sure. I'm a fan of their play calls before that kick though it was almost just like waste time until we can kick it now but i i don't know you could have gotten yourself well, some more yards try to get some more cushion do something like yeah I, I think the turning point in that game though was that the targeting that wasn't you know that they didn't call on georgia against marvin harrison jr like like which that was targeting right like oh, there's no yeah. way that wasn't targeting absolutely yeah, but there was targeting on tcu right well, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't call that one either. Like that was totally and they reviewed targeting. it and didn't. Yeah, I, that one was a big time. Like, and that no, I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but it would have made things definitely a little bit different down the stretch for Michigan. Like, well, it, it, it could have changed the outcome for the national title game because he wasn't he wouldn't have got to play the first half because they clearly would have right 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 because that would have happened right they would have yeah. not scored at all or something like I don't know yeah. they had to, <laughs> Because he played, points? it was 65 to seven, not 72 to seven, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, that, that, that extra touchdown there. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, it'll be, we'll have one more year of the 14 playoff. And then we get 12 teams. I'm really excited about the expanded playoff in college football. It's going to be, it'll be a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, like you play it out on the field, TCU earned their way. They, they played their way into that national title game and it just, that happens sometimes they're tight, you know, whatever, but it was, it was a little bit interesting. Let's talk a little bit um, hall of fame. So we're going to jump into 
this is a fan podcast, as you all know. And one of the nerdiest things that fans do is argue about stupid crap that isn't really that important. Like who deserves to be in the hall of fame and who is better than who? So right now we have two hall of fames that we get to argue about, which makes us even better. So the NFL released their finalists for the hall of fame. So the way that it works with the NFL, with the football hall of fame is that you get, they can only take five players a year, which I feel like, is too little. Like there's a lot, there's a log jam here of guys that I think should, should be in. And the finalists, the 15 finalists, only five of them get, are going to be able to get in. You've got Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Tori Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. So if you're looking at that list, who are the five that you put into the Hall of Fame from those finalists and why? So my five, Jared Allen. Give me my Idaho State bangle, right? Playing down at Holt Arena, kicking it. Jared Allen, the cowboy. He's in. Not a Dallas Cowboy. He's just a Cowboy. Jared Allen. Dwight Franey. Not a lot of guys have done. And maybe I'm going a little bit defensive end heavy here right now, but that's what it is. Jared Allen, Dwight Franey, DeMarcus Ware. Give me three defensive ends into this Hall of Fame class. DeMarcus Ware was next level. Dwight Franey was next level. Jared Allen led the league in sacks multiple times on multiple teams. Done. Next is Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas should be an absolutely no-brainer on anybody's list. Joe Thomas was the best left tackle. Anthony Munoz might be like the only other one, but Joe Thomas. And he played on a terrible Cleveland Browns team for so many years, and he's a lineman. But I got a shout out to my offensive linemen, brothers. That's what we do. And now I'm really torn between Andre Johnson and Reggie Wayne. Andre Johnson was the man on his team. Reggie Wayne was like ish the man on his team. I'll probably go with Reggie Wayne on that one. Okay, hold yeah. up, hold up, oh, hold oh, up. Oh, Danny, just. <laughs> Go ahead, Riley. Like, let's let's say ours first, and then and then we'll go with the argument. I want to hear everyone's thoughts. Then you can go ahead and jump into Ben. I want to give you mine. So I'm looking through this. One of the first ones I'm throwing out there has got to be Daryl Revis. Like Revis Island, the dude was a lockdown. You cannot leave him out. So you got to go with Revis. Um. And then there's a couple I'm going to agree with Ben. I'm going to go with Dwight Freeney. I'm going to go with DeMarcus Ware. I don't think you leave those guys off ever. I'm going to say Patrick Willis has got to be in there. Like that guy was a beast on the field. You got to throw Patrick Willis out there. And then I'm going Devin Hester. Devin Hester, once again, I don't like. A kickoff specialist? Devin Hester was an absolute monster. A return specialist? Like, unstoppable. All right. right. I'm not going to... 
I'm not going to attack you too much for Devin Hester, but I'm, I'm going to attack you, but not too much. All right. Ben, what the heck? When the guy's nickname is Revis Island, like he's the only uh, him and Joe Thomas for like four are the, years. Like, him and Joe Thomas are the only two surefire Hall of Famers. Like those those are the two that are just are locks. I think Dwight Freeney is right there too. So like those are the those are my top three that are like they're in. Like no questions. Revis Thomas Freeney. Now here's where it gets really tricky, right? Because when I look at this list, Tory Holt is a Hall of Famer. Andre Johnson is a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne is a Hall of Famer. I can't put all three of those receivers in the Hall of Fame on this ballot. There's a little bit of a logjam. When I look at some of these pass rushers here, this is why I think like the five-player limit makes it really tough. DeMarcus Ware is a Hall of Famer. Jared Allen is a Hall of Famer. But I think... Do you, I'm going to stick with one one pass rusher here with Freeney, okay? And I'm only going to stick, and then from there, Revis with one cornerback, Joe Thomas, one lineman, and then I'm going to go with one receiver. I think the one that is most deserving of this list is probably Torrey Holt with being on the greatest show on turf. He's been on the ballot the longest. Um, that dude was great, Super Bowl winner. And then... The guy that has been overlooked that is definitely a Hall of Famer above Patrick Willis, if you're going linebacker, is Zach Thomas, right? Like that guy, I think you forget how great of a player Zach Thomas was. Always a tackles leader, a small guy, but like he just he just balled out. I think Willis, what hurts him is longevity. Um, Patrick Willis just didn't play long enough. He retired early. So I'm going to go Zach Thomas, Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, Dwight Freeney, and Tory Holt. You're going to put Zach Thomas over Jared Allen. Jared Allen led the league in sacks for years. He was the difference in Minnesota when he went to Minnesota. He was what started it in KC. Like outside as far as pass pure pass rushers go, Jared Allen is like top level. Like the highest paid defensive player in the NFL for a number of years because of his pass rushing ability like i think he was he was good he had a really good peak for about six years who was like for had the like the longer zach thomas was good sure but like he was an undersized linebacker in miami yeah he made tackles and it was fun to watch him because he was a hard worker but he was never the most dominant player on the field ever you know in there like you were never just like in awe of Zach Thomas and what he was doing. He was like Corey Hall from the old Boise State days. He was there. He was there all the time. But it was never like this guy is purely the best player on the field right now. But he was and, like the quarterback of the defense. Like he was. He's the one that kind of kept everything on going. Some very terrible Miami teams. Miami teams that never won more than like four games. Like they never made the playoffs in the, in the whole time he was there. Like. Zach Thomas, you're gonna give me crap. Well, you're you're gonna, you're gonna hold that against Zach, Zach Thomas, what about Joe Thomas? He was on some no, really Thomas terrible Cleveland Brown teams, too. Joe Thomas was also the best left tackle in football for 15, not 15, but 12 years. Never missed a game, never missed a game, never missed a start. That dude was next level. Joe Thomas was the first 
and the guy that brought left tackles to be getting paid the money they are. Like that's that was Joe Thomas. No, I think that was Orlando Pace is the one that really got that going. Well, but no, really, it was Lawrence Taylor. If you've all watched The Blind Side, I mean, The yeah. Blind Side, yeah, right, I, mean, I know, get you. But, yeah, but Joe Thomas, no, but I think essential. I think Jared Allen's a Hall of Famer. I just don't know, like, if he's going to get in on this ballot. That's also not just like who I'd pick, but that's who I think is going to get in. Can right? I, like, if I if I'm looking at this, that's who I think gets in. Can I can I say I appreciate the NFL for making it only five, like. I love that it makes it more exclusive and it's not just like everybody gets into the hall of fame, right? Like making it only five, I think is awesome because it makes it that much more exclusive. I get that because having gone to the basketball hall of fame, like I didn't know who about 60% of the people in the basketball hall of fame were, which like hall of fame, like you should, you should right. be famous Especially in basketball right? when there's like only five guys on the court. <laughs> right. Like I can understand going to Canton and being like, I don't know who that guy is because he played in the 60s and he was a linebacker, you know, like don't know who that guy is because he was a lineman because nobody cares about linemen. Right. So uh, you said it, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think like we should go there. OK, Devin Hester, this is the one that's that I have the hardest time with, because if you look at domination for the position that he played Right. No one has been more dominant as a kick returner than Devin Hester. But I think this goes back to like the, the idea of like a relief pitcher in baseball, right? Like, or a kicker, right. Or a punter. Like if you're the most dominant punter, you know, does that make you a hall of famer? If you're the most dominant kicker, like special teams players just don't, okay. are not going, like if you're a great a middle reliever, like you're not going to be hunter. Can it though? Like I've seen some punters that kind of like change a game. How many punters are in the hall of fame? Like none. Kick returners change a game more than a punter. You know, it's like DH, right? Like, so Edgar Martinez and David Ortiz have kind of broken the mold, but if you were like a pure DH, you didn't make it to the hall of fame. Like you were too specialized. I kind of feel that way a little bit with Devin Hester, but also at the same time, like he was so revolutionary the way he played the game. I do think that Devin Hester is a hall of famer. I have a hard time picking him over like four or five guys on this list right now. Are you now, take maybe, him over Reggie maybe, Wayne? Maybe in a few years, maybe Devin Hester gets in. I, he might be over Reggie Wayne. He, uh, in my opinion, I think uh, he is. He might be. I, think, I don't know. It's hard. There's so many good wide receivers. Like it took Terrell Owens four years to get into the hall of fame. Cause there's just, it's really hard for wide receivers to get in right now. Well, but Devin Hester's a wide receiver, but he's a kicker turn specialist. But he did things like broke records and did things with punts and kicks like he did next level that does change the game. I don't agree with you on that. He's not a punter level middle reliever getting in. Like it's more like a closer or a DH. Like they can have a major effect on the game. Now, you may not agree with it because they're not playing some other position, but I I think that Devin Hester is deserving just not this year. There's too many good guys right there on this list right now. But I feel like you're going to run into that every year. Like, when is it going to be the year that, like, that's no longer the case? There's definitely years where it's a little soft. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see who gets in. I And I, I wouldn't be, you know, too upset with any of these guys. I, the only ones, like, I really don't know who Willie Anderson or Albert Lewis are, you know, like they get in whatever Darren Woodson. Sure. He was like a good safety, but I don't think, 
And even Rondé yeah. Barber. Even, like, yeah, I was like, Rondé Barber Rondé. was good, but like not. Well, I love those Bucks teams, but Rondé right, Barber right. was more of like a nickel corner. He wasn't even like their main. Their right, main right, right, like, right. Yeah. I mean, he was good, but he was Tiki Barber's brother. That's what it was a big deal, about, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, he was pretty good on those Bucks defense. Could they just put the whole Bucks defense in the Hall of Fame? Those guys were just amazing. as a group, as a group. <laughs> as Warren a group, Sapp yeah. And, yeah. John Lynch and Derek Brooks. I forgot about John Lynch. Oh, Derek Brooks. Anyways, those guys were so good. All right. Well, let's talk baseball Hall of Fame. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. And because so for the baseball Hall of Fame ballot, the media members are able to vote up to put up to 10 players on the ballot. And so if you look at it, a couple of notable first time players that are on the ballot for the first year this time. You have Carlos Beltran, who's on the ballot for the first time. Um, Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, John Lackey, Jared Weaver. There's really, outside of uh, Beltran, there's not really any big names for first-timers on here. K-Rod. Um, but the, K-Rod. No, nah, come on. He's not going to make a second ballot. But if you look at guys who have been on Ooh. here – for for multiple years so scott roland this is his sixth year on the ballot he got 63 percent of the votes last time you got todd helton his fifth year on the ballot got 52 percent of the votes billy wagner is almost getting to where he's not going to be on the ballot anymore um and he's in his eighth term jeff kent this is his last year on the ballot and then you've got andrew jones gary sheffield manny ramirez omar Vizquel. Um, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins, Bobby Abreu, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, a couple of guys that are barely hanging on there. Who are who's your ballot? So you can take up to 10. You don't have to take 10. If you're a media member, which we you know we're we're media clearly, right? But if you were a Hall of Fame voter, who what's your Hall of Fame ballot for Major League Baseball? I'm go. Oh, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna say Todd Helton gets in. I think that he's one that it's time for him to get in. I think not. That... Who gets in? Who's your Who's your ballot? So Todd Helton's on your ballot. Okay, so Todd Hel- Todd Helton's on my ballot. Okay, so I'm gonna say Todd Helton. Some controversial ones. I'm gonna say that Gary Sheffield's on my ballot. Um, I'm probably. I mean, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, as much as I don't want to, he's deserving of it. Carlos Beltran's probably going on my ballot first year. Um, I don't know that I'm filling up 10. I'm pro- I, there's a couple of guys on there that I want to put on there that I know that they're just, I mean, I'm not putting A-Rod on there just because I can't stand A-Rod, but he's probably a Hall of Famer. I, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but guys like, you know, Andrew Jones, I think, could make it in there. Like, I, I, I always liked watching Andrew Jones play. I'd probably put him on my ballot. So I'm probably saying Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield. Um, let me think here. Helton, Jones, Sheffield, Beltron. Is that what I'm Beltron? So that's far? probably my four? fourth. That's probably my four. Uh, aside from that, um, if I were to throw uh someone on there that I, I don't think has a chance to make, but I Andy Pettit is one that I would probably throw in there as a fifth. And that's probably my, I mean, I'm not probably filling up 10, but that's five. 
All right. Okay. I don't know what that was. Uh, I'm disappointed in Riley's list. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Ben. Well, you might be disappointed in mine too, but I- I'm going with me some Scott Rowland. I think that that guy's it's close for me, but uh, I'm okay with it. Hilton, I probably would just because he was such an influential player to the start of a franchise and to continue a franchise that was, you know, new to baseball or upstart. Roland Hilton, I'm putting A-Rod in. I'm sorry. I know he's a cheater. I know he's a Roy guy. He's a Yankee and I'm a Red Sox. So I hate the guy. Never liked him. He's a Hall of Famer. End of story. The guy's a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds should have got in. A-Rod's in. Manny's in. So I got Roland, Helton, A-Rod, Manny. Outside of that, is Beltron's probably my only other one. I'm given five, and that's where I'm going with it. I think that I know that's going to be controversial. Part of me thinks that maybe Sheffield should be in too. Like I, I think that I want to put Sheffield in there too. So I, I get tired of the are they, aren't they cheaters, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do it. They the Royds the thing player. to me, I'm like, I'm past it because they still stood out at the time when Everybody that was just was part of it. baseball. Yeah. And they still stood out. So I, I am kind of past the whole Royds thing. The biggest opinion. thing with A-Rod is, and my other thing with A-Rod is, is, he got caught and did his punishment and did his time. You know what I mean? Like my, double jeopardy. My issue with only- A-Rod is that he he got caught twice. Like, but he did his punishment both times. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, I'm struggling with Helton because it's hard to take his stats into consideration that he played at Coors and I know like his road splits were, were really good as well. I just, I'm struggling a bit with Helton. I, I never felt like Helton was like one of the best players. Um, no, Roland, like it's a, more like defense. Right. Roland's his defense. You can see his offense, but it's his defense. That was the next level for Roland. Helton's probably my yeah. fifth. He's probably my first off of my ballot. If I had to choose, I agree with you. Yeah. I think Andrew Jones, we forget how dominant he was the first 10 years of his career up until he turned 30. Like when he turned 30, he went downhill really fast. He couldn't hit a curveball anymore, but the first 10 years of his career, both, both defense and offensively, he was incredible. Um, so I'm my list. I I'm just going to, I'll go Roland, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield. I'm going to take a rod. I'm going to take man Ram and I think that's my list. That's it right there. Omar Vizquel is difficult. Like I, I think like he's one of the, he's right there with Ozzie Smith, one of the greatest defensive shortstops of all time. But some of the allegations against him lately has come out of some of the stuff he's done with his family. Like I just like there, I'm taking a little bit of a moral stance against Omar Vizquel. And he's, and he's a defensive only guy. You know, even with Scotty Rowland, right. he like, had he had hardly any offense. He had like yeah. no, at least Rowland had some offense, like a little bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, Vizquel, he was a light hit. I mean, he he got on base. You know, he was he was a big part of that Cleveland offense, or the Cleveland teams that went to two World Series. So, but I think like right now, like I'm not going to put him on, and I'm going to hold Beltron for one year. I'm not going to put him on this first year on my ballot if I'm doing this, just because of 
what he did with the trash can banging. Like he was, he was the only player that was named. Like he was kind of the ringleader, him and um, your manager there in Boston. Those were, those were the two guys that were really running everything, running that whole thing. And so I would hold off on Beltron at least for one year, keep not, not put him in uh, this first year. But I mean, for me, those are, those are the five that I would put on my ballot there. I think the one that I think is controversial is um, is is Manny Ramirez. Like he's getting hardly any love, and I think you forget just how great of a hitter Manny Ramirez was. Right, like he wasn't much of a defensive player, but I, I think he's probably the best pure hitter that that I've seen. Like he just could flat out hit the baseball, especially right? from like he's, already, he's right up there. We like we like think of some of the greatest sluggers of all time, and especially in these '90s and 2000s, like a lot of them were lefties. You know, your Barry Bonds, your Ken Griffey's, like they were lefties. Manny was a hitter, not just a Mark McGuire putting the ball over the fence hitter. Manny was a hitter, and he loved to hit. That's what he loved. It was a pure joy. Reminded me of Ted Williams almost as hitting like that guy. And I know I'm a little biased because of the Boston years, but like. I watched him a lot. And even back when he was in Cleveland, it was a different level. Like Fanny was, was something. Is anyone more overrated than Andy Pettit? Sorry, Riley, not to hate on your pick, but like Andy Pettit won 256 games. Like he's not because he played in the nineties on the Yankees that won. You played hundred for the Yankees and the Astros. Like both those teams were loaded in the nineties. When you're talking about teams that, like you're talking about the steroid era where the home run ball was a huge deal. Like he still was a good pitcher. Like I, he's the best pitcher His on the ballot. ERA is 385. Here's my thing. He's the best pitcher on the ballot. And I couldn't not have a pitcher on the ballot because I'm a pitcher. So <laughs> Dude, if I'm, if I'm, I'm going to be totally honest, like that's why he's on my ballot. Burley. I'd rather put Mark Burley on there. Well, I'd go Billy Wagner over, or, over Pettit or for, or K rod for that matter. At least K Rod yeah. had 437 saves. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I just feel like Andy Pettit because he played for the Yankees. Everybody's like, oh, Andy Pettit. But like, I've never watched Andy Pettit pitch and was like, man, he's he's dominant. Like, he's dominating like, people. Like, no, like, he's just like, okay, whatever. He's the perennial number three pitcher. On really good it. teams. He never played on bad teams. He only played on really stacked and loaded what? teams. What? Why does that like have to hurt him? Yeah, so he played for good teams. He won games. He like, was also the number three pitcher on every team all the time. He was your lefty to break it up between righties. Like, he wasn't dominant. Not to mention he's got some HGH scandal, too. That's true. He, he, he does a little bit. I need to look at this. Did he ever get any Cy Young votes? Let me, let me, I have to look at this. Any votes? He definitely didn't win a Cy Young. Okay. He didn't win he, a Cy Young. He got, he got votes. He, he, his best, he was uh, second for the Cy Young. He has a fifth Cy Young. Four, six, five. He was only a three-time All-Star. Oh, three-time All-Star. You can't tell me, okay, Dale Murphy is not a Hall of Famer, but then like Andy Pettit would be a Hall of Famer. Once again, 
If I'm being completely honest, I saw him as the best pitcher on the ballot, and I could not not have a pitcher on the ballot. So, yeah, you said that a couple times. All right, I get it. <laughs> what? Which? Which player that's not in the Hall of Fame is like the biggest? Like that needs to be besides besides Pete Rose. Like I think as soon as like Pete Rose passes away, I think he's gonna go straight into the Hall of Fame because it'll be like your lifetime bans over. I think they're they'll let him in. But like, but outside of Pete Rose, like which player? not in the hall of fame is the biggest omission probably barry bonds okay and i'm a dodger let's throw out bonds and clemens clemens is next dale murphy i'm pretty happy freddie mcgriff's getting in with the contemporary era vote like i enjoy that i always loved fred mcgriff like the crime dog like that goes back a little bit before riley's time but people forget how good he the crime dog was back in the day for the Braves. So I'm happy that, but yep. Del Murphy was next level for the Braves originally. Like he was the man for years. Like the eighties, there just wasn't a lot of offense, you know, like if you're dominant, like no one was a bigger star than Murphy in the eighties and it's the hall of fame. Right. And so like, if you're, if you are like the guy for a decade, you should be in the hall of fame. He was right. he was probably the best hitter in baseball for at least five years out of the eighties. Like, am I wrong? That's the guy. Yeah, I think like there's a couple guys in the eighties that you know Don Mattingly was was the guy in the eighties too. Like Steve Garvey. Like there's a few guys that they just didn't put up the numbers that you would expect. That I don't know. To me, feel like they're they're Hall of Fame worthy. Um, as you look at the the contemporary vote, like the the players, uh, the veterans committee, do Bonds or Clemens ever get in? I don't see it happening. I would like to say that I see it happening, but I I don't. It's it's tough. The that stigma's there, and it's even worse when you're going to see, you know like some of the guys we put on our ballots, if they, if they're getting in, you know, that, that probably stings even more, but I just don't, there's a stigma there. And for some reason, nobody will get past that stigma. Like, like I said, I'm not a Barry Bonds fan. Couldn't stand the guy because he was a a player for the giants, but you want to talk about one of the best hitters. Like that guy's swing was as pure as a swing gets. That's a swing that you use as an example when you're teaching kids a good swing, like, he defines hitting the baseball and defined fear of the other team when he came to the plate. And I just don't know how you don't, how you don't put that guy in when there's controversy everywhere. You know, there's a lot of steroids going around. And ultimately he didn't break any rules because they, right. There was no really testing or suspending. Correct. Yeah. Now I think here's, like a, question, here's McGuire, a question for you, you know? though. If Barry Bonds ever comes out and says, yes, I did steroids. And like, I think part of the issue is he never wanted to admit to it. Right. Like, but McGuire came out and was pretty open about it. That's true. And it didn't help help him him at all. I guess there's that. I mean, Sammy Sosa still tries to play like he didn't do steroids. (laughs) He's also saying he doesn't bleach his skin. And he looks like a transparent ghost now. I don't know. He needs to back up off that. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, Sammy Sosa, there's, there's something weird that's, going on. That's he's a guy. Going, he's, 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 
there's a couple screws loose up there. Sure, I don't know what's going we on. We sure he wasn't playing football and got like some some CTE yeah, from he, that. He might have got some CTE somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Baseball being very, very good. Too. I don't know. He was a boxer for a long time. He he did like to box. So like maybe maybe, maybe got maybe. hit in the head one too many times. Maybe yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Todd Helton's an interesting case to me. Uh, Billy Wagner is going to be interesting. The writers all want to put Billy Wagner in. I don't, I, I don't know. I never felt like, man, Billy Wagner. Like, I, right, I no, it didn't strike yeah. fear into your heart when you're like, oh, no, it's the seventh inning. We better get a run because Billy Wagner's warming up. Like, he played on some decent Astros teams and okay. there. I'm sorry, Ross, if you listen. Like, I get it. But, like, I never was like, oh, it's Billy Wagner. Like, come on. Yeah. Hall of Fame, like the guy should be famous. Like, I don't feel like if you're like a, even if you're pretty into baseball, you don't really know who Billy Wagner is. Like, you might not know who Scott Rowland is either, but that's, no, you probably don't. He, he was really or good. Todd Helton for that matter. Yeah. No, or Todd Helton. Yeah. Well, good talking to you guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, all, you know, a couple dozen of you that might be listening to this. And, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, let them know what's going on. Um, and then comment, tell us what you want to hear. If there are certain things that you want to talk about, let us know. We'll be happy to bring it on. Where can uh, they find us? We do have, yeah, you know, find us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, like it, and we'll get you going there. Sound the Horn Podcast All on right. Facebook. Yep. Well, Salmahorn, you can we're everywhere. I'm sure you'll find us. We're 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 all out there. But let us know. And yep, we'll try to step up our fantasy football game for next time. Um I appreciate everybody who played. It was a lot of fun. And we'll try to we'll get the league going again up for next year. Until then, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll see y'all later. We out.